WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. That's me, WABC News Time, 5 o'clock. Welcome on in. Good morning. It is Monday, March 6th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, a mix of sun and clouds today, high 52. Tonight, overnight, could see some rain, low 36. And then Tuesday... Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. I'll call it mostly sunny, I-44. If you are walking out the door with us right now, it is 38 and clear. So happy you are here. So much to get to on this Monday morning. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. I sat down late Saturday night. My kids said, hey, you have to watch this UFC fighter, John John Bones Jones. As he comes back into the ring after being away for three solid years, he is the greatest champion of all time. This is what they tell me. I'm not a big UFC guy. But the deal is I have to stay up past midnight to watch this fight because it's out of Vegas. It starts at like 1230. So I'm like, you know, I want to hang with the kids. But I'm not used to staying up that late. But whatever. All right. I figure it out. So I'm up at 1215 and this guy walks into the ring. First time in three years. Uh, he hasn't been around for three years because he's been in trouble. I should point that out. Uh, he pulled his the hair of his fiance. He was in a car accident with a woman who was pregnant and drove away from the scene. This is not, you know, like your classy kind of guy. But the the clearly the greatest UFC champion of all time. So I sit down to watch this fight, not knowing much about UFC. This match lasted two minutes. So people had waited all night, three solid years to see this guy back into the ring. And from what I could tell, he put this person into a sleeper hold. It looked more like wrestling than it did UFC. If you're not up on UFC like me, I'm not. Basically, you can do whatever the hell you want in the ring. You can punch them. You can smack them. You can tackle them to the ground. It's like wrestling. It's like professional wrestling, except it's real. That's the difference. So this guy, John Bones Jones, who has been away from three years, within two minutes, has his opponent in this ring on the ground and puts him into a sleeper hold. I mean, that's essentially what it was, and it's over. Yeah, and the the place just goes banana for this guy, John Bones Jones. So he's back. 
but uh, people paid all kinds of money for this. I think it was uh, 75 bucks to watch this thing. My kids, I don't know, they figured out how to get it for free. I don't ask questions. We watched the thing. It was a little family moment that lasted a solid two minutes. All right, let's get into it. The top five at five. All right, it's happened yet again. A bike battery starts a huge fire. Investigators trying to figure out why a small plane crashed on Long Island. Some surprising new numbers about shoplifting in the city. Lawmakers coming after our TikTok again. And who knew Phil Collins was the king of Alamo collectors? All right, let's get into it. WABC News Time 503. A massive fire destroying a supermarket and a laundromat. This was in the Bronx yesterday. Smoke could be seen from miles away. The fire on the Grand Concourse 181st Street. Flames broke out. This was about noon yesterday. And again, it is one of these lithium-ion batteries that has started this fire. A bike that was in the back of the store burst into flames. Now, you have to know that firefighters were on the scene within minutes. But because these batteries are so flammable, and especially the ones that are off-market... Uh, this th- destroyed the store with just very short period of time. Damage can be done by a single bike that isn't compliant, a single bike that might be uh, not UL certified, might be using an illegal battery. This bike could be in your home, and if it can do this amount of damage uh, to a store of this size, just think of the danger that it can confront uh, to yourself, to your family, to your building. That's the Fire Commissioner, Laura Kavanaugh. Seven people, including five firefighters, hurt battling these flames. The charred remains of the single e-bike being kept as evidence. They were still dousing this thing as of late last night. The roof is caved in. There is nothing left. Um, And it is all because of this one single bike. So the warning here is, is you should not keep these bikes inside. But, of course, if you keep them outside, someone's going to rip them off. So maybe you pull the battery out, maybe you charge it outside, but definitely don't charge it inside. Now, Mayor Adams racing to the scene yesterday. You must use the legal batteries, and also this these devices should not be placed inside your home. So by my count, 26 fires since January started by these batteries, most of them off-market batteries, you know, the ones you get for cheaper on Amazon, whatever. That's what started these fires, so... Boy, if you have one of those e-bikes and you're hearing this story and you're still keeping it inside, probably not a good idea. Find a place safe outside or charge it while you're awake in the house and make sure you're watching that thing. WABC News Time 506, wild scene out on Long Island. One person killed, two others injured after a small plane crashed into a neighborhood there. Let's get the latest now from WABC's Alex Barnard, who joins us live. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. And yes, that's right. The FAA says the plane, a Piper PA-28, had taken off from Republic Airport in Farmingdale before turning around after the pilot issued a Mayday signal reporting smoke in the cockpit. It later crashed in the streets of North Lindenhurst around 3 p.m., only a few hundred feet from the LIRR tracks. Only the three victims were inside the plane at the time of the crash. Emin Aydan, a good Samaritan, told News 12 exactly what he saw. I saw the two persons, one lady and one of the guy, like a mid-age. So they all burned and everything. And then they and then and I asked her if somebody else there too. This way we cannot. And she kept asking me her mother. So and then I bring her down with the other guy top of the hill. I bring down. I put the blankets and everything. The other guy, you guys will be okay. And then later on, everybody comes in, and then just like as you see. 
The two survivors were taken to Stony Brook University Hospital in critical condition. The third person was pronounced dead at the scene. The The FAA and NTSB will investigate the crash, including what caused the plane to go down. So there was a May Day call. Do they have any idea what took place aboard the plane yet? There's no word yet on exactly what took place, but again, apparently shortly after takeoff, there was a report of smoke in the cockpit. WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. WABC News Time 509. Let's go up to Spring Valley, New York, in Rockland County. Not clear yet what started this massive fire Saturday. Killed five people, including two kids. Others were trapped inside. They were injured. Firefighters racing to the scene of this home around four in the morning, and it was completely engulfed. Subsequently, the fire was knocked down, and then uh, searches began uh, within the dwelling to to uh, look for the individuals that were reported missing. So they, they were found, and then uh, uh, they were removed from the building uh, along with the medical examiner's office. So These firefighters started really hard to get in. Subsequently, the fire was knocked down, and then uh, searches began uh, within the dwelling to, to uh, look for the individuals that were reported missing. So they, they were found, and then uh, uh, they were removed from the building uh, along with the medical examiner's office. So We know more about this tragedy today. So five members of a family from Guatemala who had moved here. The father raced in and out of this home at 4 in the morning trying to pull everybody out of the house. He eventually got trapped and was killed amid the smoke and flames. He lost his life trying to save his boy. His boy was four years old. Yeah, he was a hero. He saved his wife and his baby girl. There was a vigil last night outside that house. He was a nice guy, great guy. He never fight with anyone. He always smiled everywhere he went. So now the community raising money for funerals and to help house those who survived the blaze. It was 10 people in all, all members of the same family. Very sad. Very sad. It's not my family, but when I hear, I have kids, especially when I when I hear a kid of four years old and I have a six and an eight, and that breaks my heart. That really breaks my heart. You see, a four years old being burned, can you imagine? Yeah, just tragic. I can't even imagine. No word yet what started that fire. Their investigators were at the scene yesterday trying to put it all together. Out to New Jersey, an emotional service in Newark over the weekend for Republican Sayerville Councilwoman Eunice Jumford. Do you remember her? She was the woman who was gunned down outside of her home in Sayerville. They still do not know who shot her. Her husband Well, you can imagine he still can't believe that anybody would want her dead. I am still in a state of shock. You and I leave as husband and wife for a short while after our wedding. They will have known each other for four years now. Yeah, he's a little hard to understand there, but uh, he says uh, you know, just a tragic. He wants police to find who's behind this. Police do not know who shot the councilwoman. Saturday would have been Jerome Forrest's 31st birthday. WABC News Time 512. The medical examiner here in the city saying that the two men found dead after visiting the same Midtown gay bar last year were drugged with a mixture of fentanyl and cocaine. Police believe the person that drugged them did so to rob them. Gay men in Midtown say they're still on edge because there has been no arrests in either of these cases. They think it's the same person, but they just don't know. I mean, it's, it's terrifying. There's still a threat out there, and this hasn't been solved. One of the men killed had $20,000 drained from their bank account. WABC News Time 513. 
the MTA going to try and fix what was wrong last week on the LIRR? People cramped into cars waiting to come into the city. It was all about getting to Penn Station. It wasn't hard getting to the new Grand Central Madison. They rearranged the schedule, and that got everybody upset. The railroad's president saying over the weekend, she knows, she knows, she's going to fix things. I'm very confident it'll be better. We'll have more frequency on the shuttle. We'll have longer trains on the most. The busiest trains will be longer. Wild scenes of people standing, even in the bathroom, just so they could get on the train. Now I'm trying to drive um, because I don't ever know if I'm going to make it on time or not. They actually changed my track three times, which results in people racing up and down escalators. LIRR changed up those schedules and made some mistakes. So the deal is today they're adding cars to some of the trains that are coming into Penn Station. So it should be that it's not as bad. They're fixing what went wrong at the Atlantic Terminal in Brooklyn. It just felt like there were too many trains, too many extra stops, a lot of congestion at uh, Jamaica. So it's 15 minutes longer. So we will watch this as the morning wears on. They're promising that things will be better today. The NYPD's crackdown on shoplifting seems to be working as it reports 500 fewer incidents last month compared to February of 2021. The biggest improvements were in the Bronx and in Manhattan. After the pandemic, we we saw a sharp increase in shoplifting. This is the first time that I can remember that we've seen a decrease in shoplifting in February. One CVS, as we told you about last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago, has resorted to putting a German Shepherd outside its store, which I think is just brilliant. So the German Shepherd's sitting there with the security guard, and they say shoplifting incidents at that CVS, it's right across the street from Penn Station, have drastically reduced since that dog was put out there. The NYPD says it's working with prosecutors to target 30% of shoplifters, they say, are repeat offenders. So they recognize these faces, and when they see them coming out of a store, they can arrest them. And that's who we're targeting with the prosecutors. We're not here to arrest somebody for one shoplift, something like that. These are people that continue. These are prolific shoplifters. That's one of the chiefs of police says the NYPD has increased patrols in business districts and boosted their investigative unit. WABC News Time 515. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we say good morning, Justin Ellick. Good morning, Gnome. Happy Monday morning. It is what a night it was last night. For the Knicks out in Boston, beating the current two-seed Celtics by a score of 131 to 129 after not one but two overtimes. Manuel quickly was otherworldly, doing his best Jalen Brunson impersonation with a career-high 38 points in place of the injured starting point guard. Julius Randle had 31 points, while R.J. Barrett finished with 29 for the Knicks, who held on after Boston's Al Horford missed a three-pointer from the right corner just before the final buzzer. Here's what the final seconds sounded like, courtesy of ESPN. This is the set he ran, hitting that game-winning three against Philadelphia. Tatum kicks. Horford! No! That's it! The Knicks outlast the Celtics in Boston. 131-129 the final in two overtimes. And it's nine straight victories for your father's Knicks. The win does indeed make it nine straight, which is a season high for New York. They'll try and make it double digits when they welcome in the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow night. And sitting just two games back of the Knicks for fifth place in the Eastern Conference is your Brooklyn Nets, who also secured a victory last night in the form of a 102-86 whooping of the aforementioned Hornets at home. Brooklyn pulled away early and for good with Mikel Bridges catching fire with 19 first quarter points, allowing the Nets to lead by as much as 37 after the forwards' fast start. Bridges spoke following the game on what was working early for him. 
my teammates just kind of finding me as I just kept making shots. They just just kept looking for me. Um, coach drawing up plays. But uh, I don't know, just, you know, getting the spots, you know how they play, uh, just in the drop a little bit. So I just get in mid-range, big step up, you know, I could go to the rim. The win marks Brooklyn's second straight, and they'll try and build on the momentum tomorrow night in Houston when they tip it off with the Rockets on the ice. The Devils needed overtime to take down the Coyotes in Arizona by a score of 5-4. to four. It took just 23 seconds of the extra period for Nico Heischer to call game and send Devils fans to sleep happy. The Devs are flirting with the two-seed in the Eastern Conference, currently just two points behind the now second-place Carolina Hurricanes. They'll try and close that gap tomorrow night at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And quick checkup on scores. Out in college basketball, Rutgers falls at home uh, yesterday to Northwestern. Final score being 65-53. to Here with the Early News Sports Update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. It seems everybody is jumping into the race for the White House. We'll tell you about some of the new names. And then Chris Rock slaps back hard against Will Smith. That and more coming up. But first at 520, a check of Wall Street from Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Investors looking to build on last week's gains. Wall Street snapping its four-week losing streak with a big rally Friday. Retail earnings season continues. Dick Sporting Goods holiday results forecast higher. City downgraded the stock last week. Now investors looking for further guidance. BJ's Wholesale Club reports Wednesday. Wall Street expecting a 12% increase in revenue. Investors focused on membership data as well. Key labor data on the way. Sweeping technology cuts likely to away on the January jolts report. February hiring forecast to be lower. The labor market adding a half million jobs in January. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 521. The NYPD Reporting overall crime is down 5.6% in February. That's compared to a year earlier. Crime Control Strategies Chief Mike LaPietri says shootings in February were down 15% compared to the same period last year, with three precincts between the Bronx and Brooklyn reporting the greatest improvements. I always get a sense they fudge these numbers, but look, if crime's going down, uh, I'm a big proponent of crime going down, and even if they're fudging with the numbers a little bit, I like to hear the fact that New York's getting safer. Combining shootings, shots fired, and gunpoint robberies, we've seen a decrease in over 20% in those incidents this year compared to last year. All right, good. In terms of a transit crime, transit crime's down 18% for the year. They say the slight increases in felony assaults, though, and auto thefts. We are laser-focused in regards to transit safety, as we are for the, for the city, and we will continue to, to put extra offices, resources into the transit system. But the most frightening thing for sure is these random crimes, and it seems we were reporting them all the time, someone being hit with a screwdriver. How about that woman on West 57th Street, stabbed three times as she walked out of a diner, being on a subway platform, being shoved on the tracks, having no communication with the person who's done that. So we went to the streets, and we asked you, do you feel safer, and are you worried about these random crimes when people come at you? You've done nothing wrong. You're just standing there. Does that frighten you when you walk around the city? I've always been aware. Always got to watch your back out here. 
lot of crazies. Oh, it's nothing new with you. You've always been. Yeah, you got to always watch your back. Freaks everywhere. I'm always aware of my surroundings. Right, so nothing's really new if you're a New Yorker, as you say. Well, I don't use the subway that much anymore. You've always had your guard up. That's just the basic answer. As a New Yorker, right? As a New Yorker. I lived through the 80s in New York. And the 70s. And the 70s, right? Yes, exactly. I'm no more on the alert now than I was before. Before. That's just me. I mean, you know. No. But but I don't like what's happening. I feel uh, about the same amount of safe as I always have. People are struggling, you know? I feel like there's a universal sense that people are struggling. And so... I try not to uh, get paranoid and try to find ways to uh, think about supporting everyone so that they have the resources they need. No, she's awfully optimistic. WABC News Time 524. Let's go out to New Jersey. New Jersey officials say the man accused of shooting a state trooper in Patterson happened as we were going on the air Thursday morning. Arrested in South Carolina, the attorney general says Shaquiz Timmons shot at these two unmarked state trooper vehicles while they were investigating an attempted home break-in. The whole incident, by the way, was caught on camera. Stepping out from behind a parked vehicle, assuming a shooting stance, and opening fire on troopers' vehicles as they attempted to follow a vehicle believed to be involved in the attempted break-in. So this creep, Timmons... Also a suspect in the attempted home invasion. He's facing a slew of charges, including two counts of attempted murder. Officials will not identify the wounded trooper for safety reasons, but uh, the good news is he's going to make a full recovery. He was shot in the leg. I will, however, take this opportunity to acknowledge him and his family and to thank them from the bottom of our hearts for their service to the state. Yeah, good police work done everywhere here to catch up with this guy down in South Carolina. Thankfully. Mr. Timmons did not succeed in the attempted murder of these yeah. two troopers. But it certainly wasn't for a lack of trying. WABC News Time 525 up to Yonkers Police Department there. Cracking down on shoplifting. Apparently Yonkers is like the place to go if you are a serial shoplifter and want to shoplift. People say that's where you go. It's the easiest place to shoplift. So now police have caught on to this. And so have the stores, of course, because they've watched these art items be marched out of their stores without people paying. So the police are upping the ante there. So that means no response time. It means we're there. We're watching who's going into the store. We're watching to see who leaves the store. And we're apprehending them immediately. Yeah, you know, I didn't set that up right. So that's Mayor Mike Spano. He says he's putting plainclothes cops in parking lots ready to grab people who steal. So if a security guy in the store at these big box retailers sees somebody walking out of the store with something in their hands, they'll alert the police who will then arrest them. So that means no response time. It means we're there. We're watching who's going into the store. We're watching to see who leaves the store and we're apprehending them immediately. So the the, the deal here is the city's police commissioner says Yonkers does not want to be known anymore as an easy place to shoplift, which makes sense. They want people to come. It's If you live in the area, you know that's where all the biggest box stores are, and people go there to shop legally, of course. But then lots of people go there going to shoplift because apparently up till now it's been easy to do so. If people don't feel safe enough to come into Yonkers to shop... 
then you know what? Then they'll stop coming. Yeah, he's right about that. So much more to get to on this Monday morning. We'll tell you about a guy out on Long Island who was drunk and broke into a fire department there. We'll tell you what he stole. The latest uh, from Chris Rock on that slap from Will Smith. The first time he's spoken out about it uh, since it happened a year ago. We'll hear what he had to say. And former President Trump was the star at the CPAC conference. We'll hear from him as well. WABC News Time is 529. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yeah, that's me. WABC News Time 530. Good morning. It is Monday, March 6th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today. High 52. Gets a little dicey tonight. Tonight and overnight, a rain and snow mix. Low 36. Could see some snow showers tomorrow morning. Won't amount to much here in the city. Otherwise, it's going to be a mostly sunny day. High 44. If you're walking out the door with us right now, and so happy you are, it is 38 and clear. A lot more to get to till we get to the 6 o'clock hour and sit in friends in the morning. Out to Long Island, where a drunk driver stole a fire department pickup truck and ultimately sparked a house fire on Long Island. This is one of these stories you just can't make up. So we're watching the surveillance video from the from Inwood, which shows this 22-year-old, his name is Wilson. He enters the firehouse, uh, hops inside a firehouse pickup truck, drove it through a set of closed doors out of the firehouse. So he smashes up the firehouse. Then he takes the truck and crosses the East Atlantic Beach Bridge. He strikes a utility pole, which then causes a house to catch fire. I mean, what a series of events. People on Long Island uh, hearing it, watching it, talking to News 12. He could have gone right through this, through this house or blown up this whole neighborhood with the, that wire that went down over there. It was just it, it was scary. I just heard the boom and the whole sky went up like pink. So I had no idea who was in it and they got out and just left. Yeah, so this dope, not only did he smash up the firehouse in Enwood, uh, on his way over to Atlantic Beach, he drove through one of those toll bars, so he broke that. Then he starts this house fire. Thankfully, nobody injured in any of these things, but they arrest him, and then they let him out. I mean, after all that, you would think, you know, those are probably three good enough crimes to keep somebody behind bars, but they didn't. He's uh, back home today, and that's freaking out people. Even the DUI alone or DWI, that, that's enough to really, that's crazy that he's out. What is going on? This is Inwood. She asked yeah. a great question. He and his uh, family covered their faces as he was released following his arraignment yesterday. His next court appearance is scheduled for Tuesday. Former President Trump says the race for the 2024 election is the last stand for him and his supporters. He was delivering the keynote speech at the Conservative Political Action Conference in D.C. over the weekend. This is the final battle. They know it. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. This is it. Either they win or we win. And if they win, we no longer have a country. So I had this interesting moment that I'm not going to talk about now, but at 825, I will. 
I knew exactly what President Trump was going to talk about during that CPAC speech because I eavesdropped on a phone conversation. He was having somebody with somebody here at the radio station as they went through all the topics he should tackle. But I'll get into that at 825. I don't have time now. Uh, he spoke on topics, the president, on immigration, Hunter Biden and Russia. He says he's the only candidate in the race who can uh, prevent World War Three. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior, I am your justice, and for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution, I am your retribution. And he says, bring on the other candidates because he's going to slay everybody. I'm the only candidate who can make this promise. I will prevent and very easily World War Three, very easily. The president, former president, winning the straw poll that they do at CPAC every year easily. It wasn't even close. He won it in a landslide. Then there are all the candidates who have not announced but are going after Donald Trump. One of them, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu, predicting that the former president will not be the 2024 GOP nominee. That's just not going to happen. He explained uh, that he does not have the leadership to go forward. Sununu hasn't officially announced a 2024 campaign himself, but he seems to be taking steps in that direction. Not what we were or or crying about what happened in November of 22, but what we're going to bring to the table and get done tomorrow. So Sununu pointed to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis as a strong contender should he announce a campaign. Right now, if the election were today, Ron DeSantis would win in New Hampshire. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Uh, I think Ron DeSantis would win in Florida. Okay, bring on the other candidates. Former Republican Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson calling former President Trump's declaration to be the retribution of his supporters of elected troubling. He didn't like his CPAC speech, so uh, Hutchinson going after Trump for that. If you want to heal our land and unite our country together, you don't do it by appealing to the angry mob. We don't know if Hutchinson's going to announce, but uh, he says that Trump has a personal vendetta and says that he doesn't really want the White House. I don't know if that's true or not, but this is what Hutchinson has to say. Multiple candidates that have an alternative vision to what the former president has is good for our party, good for the debate. So is he going to announce Hutchinson? We don't know. When he talks about vengeance, he's talking about his personal Uh, vendettas and that's all he is talking about donald trump and then you had former maryland governor larry hogan says um he's the only guy who's saying he's not going to run everybody else is leaving the door open uh larry hogan over the weekend saying no no i'm not i was struggling uh because my heart was telling me to run my head was telling me no that this does not make sense for a whole host of reasons i'm guessing his donors weren't there maybe that was what was telling him no my gut was Flipping back and forth. So it really came down to if I wasn't 100 percent convinced that I shouldn't do it. So Hogan says the stakes too high. He's not. You in. have, you know, Trump and DeSantis at the top of the field soaking up all the oxygen, getting all the attention and then a whole lot of the rest of us in single digits. All right. So lots of people on the Republican side, Democrats, of course, holding off because they're waiting to see if Joe Biden is going to run. But you had self-help author Marianne Williamson announcing that she's running again. I'm so glad that President Trump did not win the last election. That means we didn't go over the cliff. But I'll tell you something. We're still six inches away from it. The 70 year old spiritual advisor launched her presidential campaign Saturday at Union Station in Washington, uh, D.C. And then uh, Robert F. Kennedy teasing a possible presidential bid in 2024 for the Democrats. Uh, I'm thinking about it. Um, that's all I'm
I, you know, I'm past the biggest hurdle, which is that my wife has green-lighted it. Kennedy, of course, the son of Robert F. Kennedy, the nephew of the late president, John F. Kennedy. He joins that short list of Democrats who have announced. On the, the, the rigging of the system, the a war against America's middle class. Yeah, uh, he's a big anti-vax guy. I don't know if that hurts or helps him. And all of these injuries that I speak about to children, there is no bigger issue for our country than that. What would you say to someone who is skeptical about you based on your vaccine activism, that they disagree with you? They might agree with you on everything else, but they disagree with how you've handled yourself there. Show me where I got it wrong. Let's talk about it. WABC News Time 540. Let's go out to Ukraine. The war, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Congressman Jim Hines, of course, from Connecticut, says the possibility of China sending Russia lethal aid is a real serious threat. It doesn't surprise me at all that there's a debate inside China about whether they should do this. Hopefully wisdom prevails. So the Democrat telling uh, saying, uh, telling NBC News yesterday that he doesn't think a final decision has been made by China. He went on to praise the Biden administration for sending a strong warning to China about helping Russia in their fight against Ukraine. The administration is doing the right thing by saying, don't do this. So Himes hopes the wisdom prevails here as Chinese officials weigh their options, if they take the side of the West or they take the side of Russia. Well, I don't think a final decision has been made, but I do think it's wise for us to say, don't go there. Out in East Palestine, Ohio, still a mess there. Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown says he's not satisfied with Norfolk Southern's response to the latest train derailment in his state. There was another one uh, over the weekend. Uh, no chemicals, at least that we've been told of, have spilled out. But just the fact that there's been a number of these derailments since East Palestine. You had one down in Florida. You have this one in Ohio. I want to know if there are any contaminants sort of left in those mostly empty cars that might have affected uh, Clark County. The Ohio Democrats, as local officials, pretty satisfied with the railroad's response, but he wants more information. He also went on to accuse Norfolk Southern of not answering all the questions in the toxic derailment in East Palestine and letting greed, he says, and incompetence take over in their business dealings. The railroad's got a lot of questions they've got to answer, and they really haven't done it very well yet, as you know. And Brown accused Norfolk Southern of not following the safety procedures set out by laws that are in effect. Their greed and incompetence always takes precedent over making their workers safe and making communities safe that they go through. Of course, this becomes the tough time when the cameras, the microphones move out of East Palestine and these people have to deal with what's left. And some of them, as we've heard over the last couple of weeks, their voices changed, some having heart problems. So this story is not going anywhere. WABC News Time 542 senators working on a broad bipartisan bill that would outline a process to ban or prohibit foreign technology like TikTok. Oh, no. They're coming for my TikTok. I spent a lot of time on that TikTok. They are taking data from Americans, not keeping it safe. But what worries me more with TikTok is that this can be a propaganda tool. Yeah, so is Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. They all can be a propaganda tool. Don't take away my TikTok. It's, it's, it's enjoyable for me. But that's uh, Senator Mark Warner, the Virginia Democrats, explaining why he's working on a bill with Republican Senator John Thune of South Dakota. There is increasing concern on their part about what type of content Americans are consuming on the Chinese-owned video sharing platform. Well, I can tell you, I watch uh, Judge Judy TikToks, uh, TikToks about dogs, 
Um, uh, Jill Vital, who used to hear what work here, I watch her. I, so none of it's uh, propaganda, but uh, apparently they want to take away our TikTok. In terms of foreign technology coming into America, we've got to have a systemic approach to make sure that we can ban or prohibit it when necessary. Yeah, you want to see an upward, take away people's TikTok. They will not be happy about that. Senator Joe Manchin, of course, from West Virginia, says he's going to decide his political future at the end of the year. There is a thought he might not run. Oh, there's plenty of time for the elections. The West Virginia Democrat are actually criticizing how quickly our nation focuses on an election as soon as a cycle approaches. Manchin is up for re-election in 2024 and says, you know, he has a lot of time to decide whether he's going to run again. The bottom line is, let's see who's involved. Let's wait until we see who all the players are. Manchin says he really does not know whether he will run or again or not. He says he needs to talk it over with his family. My main purpose right now is to work for my country and my and my state. That's my responsibility. I'm not going to make my uh, announcement for anything until the end of the year. And then over the weekend, President Biden had a cancerous tissue removed from his body, or at least we found out that he had had it done. Uh, it, I guess it had done a couple of weeks earlier, and they finally made the announcement. That's according to the White House physician. The president had a skin lesion removed from his chest at Walter Reed Medical Center, and it was sent for a biopsy, which confirmed it was basal cell carcinoma. A White House release affirms all cancerous tissue was successfully removed. It also notes the site of his biopsy has healed. I'm Brian Shook. Yeah, if you live long enough, you're going to have stuff removed from your face. Uh, the sun, you know, if you were like, right, when we were kids, my father used to put nothing on me. And I was on the beach, so, you know, you pay for it when you get older. WABC News Time 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. And here's Justin Ellen. Thanks, Noam. What a night it was last night for the Knicks out in Boston, being the current two-seed Celtics by a score of 131 to 129 after not one but two overtimes. Manuel quickly was otherworldly, doing his best Jalen Brunson impersonation with a career-high 38 points in place of the injured starting point guard. Julius Randle had 31 points, while R.J. Barrett finished with 29 for the Knicks, who held on after Boston's Al Horford missed a three-pointer from the right corner just before the final buzzer. Here's what the final seconds sounded like, courtesy of ESPN. This is the set he ran, hitting that game-winning three against Philadelphia. Tatum kicks. Horford! No! That's it! The Knicks outlast the Celtics in Boston. 131-129 the final in two overtimes. And it's nine straight victories for your father's Knicks. The win does indeed make it nine straight, which is a season high for New York. They'll try and make it double digits when they welcome in the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow night. And sitting just two games back of the Knicks for fifth place in the Eastern Conference is your Brooklyn Nets, who also secured a victory last night in the form of a 102-86 whooping of the aforementioned Hornets at home. Brooklyn pulled away early and for good, with Mikel Bridges catching fire with 19 first-quarter points, allowing the Nets to lead by as much as 37 after the forward's fast start. Bridges spoke following the game on what was working early for him. My teammates just kind of finding me as I just kept making shots. They just just kept looking for me. Um, coach drawing up plays. But uh, I don't know, just, you know, getting the spots, you know how they play. Uh, just in the drop a little bit, so I just get a mid-range, a big step up, you know, I could go to the rim. The win marks Brooklyn's second straight, and they'll try and build on the momentum tomorrow night in Houston when they tip it off with the Rockets on the ice. 
The Devils needed overtime to take down the Coyotes in Arizona by a score of 5-4. to four. It, just, it took just 23 seconds of the extra period for Nico Heischer to call game and send Devils fans to sleep happy. The Devs are flirting with uh, the two-seed in the Eastern Conference, currently just two points behind the now second-place Carolina Hurricanes. They'll try and close that gap tomorrow night at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And a quick check-in on college basketball here as well. Rutgers falls at home yesterday to Northwestern. Final score being 65-53. to Here with your news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Joe, there is nothing better than Girl Scout cookie season. Oh, oh. Right? The and, best. And, it, and it's on. So I had, um, they delivered the cookies to my house. I don't know. This was like a Friday. Right. And uh, gone. those thin mints, you know, I take them. I have this ritual. I make sure nobody else is home so I don't have to share them. <laughs> <laughs> I take out that sleeve. You know, there's that those two sleeves. Yeah. Yep. And I take out a quart of milk. And I'm I'm sick after the first sleeve. But there's still another sleeve to eat. Oh. So I go through that second sleeve. There's nothing better than that thin mint. Oh, they're great. And they've got a new one. I I just read the other day that they're completely out of them. The blueberry or something that they have. Oh, You're they right. are they are so good. The, so uh, good. The they're called Raspberry Rally Girl Scout cookies. So this right. is a raspberry flavored version of the thin mint, which sounds like I like the idea of mixing raspberry and chocolate. I think yeah. that's a good one. Oh yeah. So um, uh, I'll hear somebody describing it. And it's got a new flavor of Girl Scout cookies, and it's the Raspberry Rally. It's thin, it's crisp, it's infused with raspberry flavor, and then it's dipped in chocolate. Oh, this man. is a great explanation. <laughs> the Girl Scouts say this is the raspberry sister right. to the Thin Mint. Yeah, thank God. I get it. I get it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. You can't get this. So. I, I don't know if they purposely didn't make enough, Joe, but you probably when I, yeah, when I asked for them, she looked at me like I had four heads of it that were gone. So I went to eBay because someone told me they're selling these on eBay. How much? Take a guess. So it's a five dollar box. I think it's five ninety nine. I forget exactly how much we paid, but something like five bucks for a box of cookies. Guess how much these raspberry ones are that people who bought them and got them. I don't know, 35? Yeah, you're exactly right. 35 bucks a box. (laughs) That was a guess. I didn't have any idea. (laughs) That's crazy. I don't know if anybody actually buys them. Sometimes when I see that stuff on eBay so expensive, you're like, nobody's actually buying this. But Oh, yeah, they are. They are. And, in fact, the Girl Scouts actually put out a statement over the weekend saying, do not buy them off of eBay because we don't make any money off of that, right? Right. Uh, the only person who is making the money is the person who is the Amazon or eBay seller. But why do they care? Because they've already sold them. That's true. You know, they've already sold them. They already made their money. So if somebody else wants to make money, what do they care? And if they just made enough. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other. <laughs> there is that, of course. Yes. <laughs> but I have to say, I am kind of dreaming about the raspberry thin mint because that sounds like well, an I awfully bet you're good get mix. Some. Yeah, I, think I, I bet you'll too. find some. I will. Yep. Thank you. WABC Newstime 552. Let's get you caught up on the big news stories of the day. Massive fire destroyed a supermarket laundromat in the Bronx Sunday. Smoke could be seen from miles away. Grand Concourse 181st Street. This was another fire started by a lithium-ion battery that was in an e-bike that burst into flames. Now, firefighters were on the scene of this supermarket and laundromat right away, but this battery, uh, just just the way it works with the 
charging of the battery, the flames spread quickly. We really want to emphasize to the public how much damage can be done by a single bike that isn't compliant, a single bike that might be uh, not UL certified, might be using an illegal battery. This bike could be in your home, and if it can do this amount of damage uh, to a store of this size, just think of the danger that it can confront uh, to yourself, to your family, to your building. Seven people, including five firefighters, hurt battling these flames. So the deal is, is you need to keep these e-bikes out of your house, especially if you're using like an off-market battery because they say they're the ones that are most likely to burst into flames. You must use the legal batteries and also this these devices should not be placed inside your home. Uh, the other big story, or one of the other big stories of the morning, the uh, plane uh, crashed Long Island, 5th Street and North Wellwood Avenue. This is in Lindenhurst, about 3 o'clock yesterday. Small plane. It was making its approach to Republic Airport. It had sent in a May Day, did not make it to the airport. Very sad what happened. We thought it was a house fire at first, and then my oldest daughter called and told us that a plane crash had happened. FAA says the three people on board this privately owned single-engine Piper PA-28, no one on the ground injured. One person on the plane was killed. Two others uh, were injured, but apparently are going to survive. That aircraft was attempting to return to Republic Airport, where unfortunately it did not make it in a crash in this area behind us. So apparently this plane was just out for a tour on a beautiful day of the area to watch it from above. This is insane. It hit the top of the trees and went straight down. Yeah, awful story. Don't know what exactly happened. The FAA, of course, going to investigate. And an awful story out of Spring Valley over the weekend as well. Massive fire in a house there, 4 a.m., five people killed. One dad went in and out of this home a number of times to get his family members out. Then he got trapped amid the flames. He lost his life trying to save his boy. His boy was four years old. Yeah, he was a hero. He saved his wife and his baby girl. Yeah, the hero is right. The community now raising money for funerals to help those who survived the blaze. By the way, two of the people that were killed in that fire under 18 years old. Very sad. Very sad. Not my family, but when I hear, I have kids, especially when I when I hear a kid of four years old and I have a six and an eight, that breaks my heart. That really breaks my heart because a four years old. Can you imagine? No, can't imagine. All right, let's go into something a whole lot happier. A year after Will Smith smacked him at the Academy Awards stage, Chris Rock finally opened up about what happened that day. He did so on stage, 58-year-old comedian, doing a live performance on Netflix Saturday night, his first live stand-up special since the Oscars, since he took that slap. And, of course, yes, he went after Will Smith. I can play you the bites that we can play, because some of them, there's just too many curse words and other things I can't play. Y'all know what happened to me. Getting smacked by Suge Smith. You know, you know what people say? They always say, uh, words hurt. Anybody that says words hurt has never been punched in the face. <laughs> I love Chris Rock. Uh, he waited till the end of this hour-long special to talk about the infamous slap. And people like, did it hurt? It still hurts. Will Smith played Muhammad Ali in a movie. <laughs> You think I auditioned for that part? <laughs> you got to watch the special. It, it, Chris Rock is just hysterical. And then uh, Will Smith, by the way, apologizing again. He's made a number of apologies over the years. It's not clear if the two of them have actually spoken. So I will, I will say to you, uh, Chris, 
I apologize to you. Uh, my behavior was unacceptable. By the way, brilliant move on the part of Chris Rock and his management team to sit on this story for a year and then play it out on this special on Netflix. Uh, we don't know the numbers yet, but I imagine they were huge. I'll tell you what, special my wife is in Japan right now. Right. She finished the marathon two days ago. It's uh, around dinner time in Japan. I said, are you going for dinner? She goes, now I'm going to stay in the room and watch Chris Rock on Netflix. Yeah. Also, the timing, Sunday happens to be the Academy Awards. Right. And if you watch the whole thing with Chris Rock, not only did you go after Will Smith, he went hard after Will's wife, Jada Pinkett. He did. Talking about her cheating all the time. He's like, why is this man defending her? All she does is cheat. Right. Ouch. And Meghan Markle, by the way, he goes, oh, man, does he savage Meghan Markle. It's great. So I highly recommend, if you have Netflix, go and watch this thing.